Hi, and welcome to OCR Radio, hosted by The Athlete, also known as Steve and Steph, where we bring you weekly interview guests. And if you haven't checked out the 12-part Getting Started series, go check it out. We've included tons of information for getting started in obstacle course racing. Now on to the show. Welcome to today's OCR Radio podcast, where we have our guest, Nicole Kiefer. She is the owner of Platinum Personal Training here in Southern California. She has been a personal trainer since 2007. She also is a corrective exercise specialist, fitness nutrition consultant. She works in heart rate performance and reactive training specialist. But the reason we have her on here is because she is also a Spartan SGX coach. So let's welcome Nicole to the show so that she can tell us a little bit more about how she got into Spartan race training and how you can prepare for your next race. And welcome to the show, Nicole. Hi. Oh, so glad to have you on here. So I got to experience your facility firsthand. So we're going to talk about that and training for obstacle course racing, specifically the obstacles. But can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into Spartan racing and all the cool certifications you have? Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Stephanie, for having me on the show, by the way. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I've been training for about 10 years now and uh, got introduced to Spartan race um, a little over four years ago and it was kind of, you know, I was into weightlifting and things like that, but not into running at all. So I had to be tugged and pulled and dragged to, to sign up for one. But, um, really once I did my first Spartan race, I realized, you know, it wasn't about the running, um, as much as it was about teamwork and, uh, overcoming obstacles, you know, whether they're the, the physical ones or the mental ones in your own head. And, um, and I fell in love with the community. So, um, that got me going into the whole Spartan race world and, um, then have gotten a Spartan race XGS, uh, certification. And then I also have corrective exercise and nutrition as well. Um, but I'm, kind of just shifting more over to the OCR world because it's just so exciting and fun. That's awesome. But I think that there were a lot of listeners who are just getting into the sport that just breathed a sigh of relief to know that you don't have to be a hardcore runner. I hear that a lot. Um, And the other thing that's cool too, with your corrective exercise background and nutrition, even if you're not focusing on that, I'm sure that plays a huge role into how you train people for the Spartan races. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, most people are coming from a job where they're not really moving too much, or maybe they're moving a lot, like they're in construction and doing repetitive movements all day long, or doing no movement. So someone's injured always some way or another, um, whether it's a pre or post uh, injury, you know, really helps me train them for the race so they don't get injured and stay safe so and then nutrition of course we all know that's important that's kind of a no-brainer but no one wants to do it right (laughs) absolutely (laughs) yeah so tell us about your obstacle course that you have set up here in southern california i think it's the coolest thing and a lot of people come to me and they say well how am i going to train for obstacles when you only get to see these obstacles at the race well you took care of that um I mean, if someone doesn't have 
uh, facility like mine, I, I think the gym is great. And I think it's a great place to get your strength training in. Um, because in the day to day world, we don't have that many, you know, back exercise machines or lat pull down machines. Um, the TRX is a great uh, piece of equipment. But um, yeah, you know, it's my brother's property. I kind of talked him into to uh, turning it into an obstacle course facility. Um, but we really just wanted it to be a place to train for um, OCR so they could come into their first race feeling really confident instead of very scared and unsure. You know, it really gives them a sense of relief and, and um, confidence going into the race. So it's, it's a lot of fun and exciting. Yeah, it definitely is. And you're absolutely right about how you, somebody can get their training in at a regular gym because it requires a lot of strength and a lot of pulling motions. Um, but when, what I've kind of seen with myself and some of my other clients, when I send them up to your facility, it's great because they've practiced in the gym and then they get to do it on a practice course. So it's it's a nice combination there. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, during the week I have my home gym, which I, I work out at. And then on the weekend, just like I train my clients, I train myself and it's such a great, um, just twist. And, you know, you, you got, you should do some cardio and some strength training intertwined into your workout because that's exactly what you're doing at the race. You know, you're exerting yourself aerobically and anaerobically. So you got to tie those in. Yeah, so can you tell the listeners kind of uh, an example of how you would tie those in? So we have uh, two different classes right now. One's a skills and strength class, and that's for beginners to intermediate um, people that are looking to build strength through the obstacle and technique. They don't really know how to get over the wall yet, or they want to learn how to climb the rope. Um, They need to build their grip strength or their pulling strength. They want to learn how to climb uh, the traverse wall, right? Um, and so we do some cardio and some, you know, we might have like a speed ladder drill. So you're getting your hand-eye coordination. Um, but then we're also getting the strength. It's a lot heavier on that, on that end. And then we have, uh, the endurance course where, you know, you're running and it's go, go, go. You know, I tell you a set of things to do and it's, it's usually timed. Um, and that one's really fun because you're doing the obstacles and then running right to the next one to the next task. And um, so both are different, but both are great ways to, to train for the race. Yeah, because you're right. Your heart rate goes up and then it comes back. Well, maybe not back down, but a little bit further down and then right. It spikes right back up. So now what would you advise as far as somebody working on their cardiovascular system. So you've said, you know, you're not a big runner. Somebody who's a runner, they're like, that's great. I'm going to go run. I'm going to train in running the way I always have. Um, Spartan racers, a lot of us, we love it for the strength part, but not so much the running. What kind of advice do you give to somebody to get enough running in, assuming they're just going to do maybe a sprint, which is like the three to five mile course? Yeah. Usually when I set my clients up, I put them on a plan that's Uh, probably three days a week of cardio, you know, not too much and not too little. Um, but it's based on time and not distance so that, you know, if they're tired and they don't want to get four miles in or even two miles, sometimes, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, if you feel exhausted, you're probably running too fast. So I always tell my clients, 
to go at a pace that you can smile at, that you're happy and enjoying yourself. And so sometimes that's even walking um, when you're just starting out. So even a hike is good, um, going, going up a hill or something like that. Um, but if you base it off time and slowly increase your time, maybe like 10% each week, that's going to give you the, the buildup for the race, but also you're not going to burn out. Ooh, let's talk about some of that burnout. Um, I know that some people, you know, you get really excited about doing a race, you train insanely hard, or maybe you don't train insanely hard, but you're putting a good effort in and everything's leading up to this race. Um, you know, how, how very real is burnout? What, what should we look for? How do we avoid it? And why does it happen? Like, can you talk a little bit more about burnout? Yeah, it's something that, you know, we don't talk enough about, I think we have all these funny, you know, comments like team no days off. And, you know, if if you take a day off, it's, it's like you're slacking, but, um, taking days off is really important, especially if, you know, you notice yourself yawning all day or during the workout, or, you know, you're not getting your sleep in, um, sleep is super important for recovery. Uh, when you've been training your muscles hard, um, you know, I, I never, you know, do any strength training back to back, uh, days and I don't run back to back days either. And that's what works for my body. So I just tell people to listen to their bodies and if they feel like, okay, these muscles have been sore for days and they're not getting, uh, less sore then they need to take a break and maybe even give a week's rest. And that's great to hear, too, from somebody who knows what they're talking about and understands that, you know, you you push your clients, you train them to give their best, but also to really reinforce that recovery period. Because you're right, you don't get stronger while you're working out. You're tearing things down. And so if you don't recover, you don't give yourself a chance to build things up. And I've also seen where people all of a sudden, you know, they go from loving the sport to absolutely hating the sport. And I think that's more just burnout than anything. Yeah, definitely. And if you don't take that break, you're probably going to get injured. And where is that going to put you? You know, that's going to handle you for weeks to even months, maybe even a year if you, you know, if it's bad enough. Yeah, mandatory break. (laughs) Like this one. We're going to take a really quick break and we'll be right back. Do you have a show guest you'd like to hear from? Maybe you would like to be interviewed. Email us, podcast at ocrradio.com. And welcome back. Okay, these are all really awesome things because these are the questions that I get on a daily basis from my clients in person when they're just getting started um, in the obstacle course racing. And let's talk a little bit more about the hiking stuff. Um, I trained a client this morning and we went about seven miles and our technique was to hike the uphills and run the downhills and flats. Um, Do you have any other techniques like that that you recommend uh, to people who are training? And that's how I race sometimes too, especially on those long hilly courses. Yeah, that's, that's so funny that you say that because I tell my clients the same exact thing. And uh, it's just such a great way to stay, uh, your, you know, keep your heart rate at a normal level while you're going up those hills and not burn out. But um, yeah, sometimes I'll have my clients, 
you know, carry things like it could be awkward rocks or weights or um, sandbags, anything that can kind of strengthen your grip a little bit. Um, and then, you know, I'm always on the safety side, as we just talked about before the break, um, bringing a camel back and staying hydrated. And that even adds some weight to your to your hike. If you're Ooh, not ready that's, for, yeah, for running, right? that's a really good point. And if you don't train like that, you might get to a race and like all of a sudden now things are shifting around because you have that weight on your back. Your knees might start to hurt because you didn't train that way. Right. Hmm. So then what do you recommend for training? I usually recommend somebody train the way they're going to race. Um, anything different on that? Um, no, I think you're, you're spot on with that. I, I also recommend that people try and, you know, eat while they're running or hiking and see how the food sits well with them. Uh, so that when they're at the race, it's not a surprise. Oh, this food does not work with my stomach. Uh, huge. <laughs> that is huge. So speaking of nutrition, a lot of people have a lot of questions about what should they eat? How often should they eat? And, um, you know, obviously it's a kind of an individual thing, but where would you tell somebody to kind of get started with that? Because you hear all these different theories and methods out there and some of them are like fat adapted, which sounds way complicated. Um, mm-hmm. So so for somebody getting started, what where would they start? Um, yeah, and you, like you said, it's, it is really individualized, but number one thing, it's so simple. We've heard it a million times, but people need to eat more fruits and vegetables. I mean, it's just so simple, whether you're trying to lose weight or gain weight, people just don't eat enough of that. And they have key ingredients and vitamins that really help us recover in our training. Um, and that's, that's my favorite place to start. Uh, I have people eat, you know, four fruits and vegetables a day. So whether it's two fruits and two veggies or three veggies and one fruit, um, I find when most of my clients come to me for the first time, they're not eating any vegetables any day. And I'm just so shocked. So that's the simplest, best thing to start, um, aside for drinking eight glasses of water a day. Oh, that's great. Now, what about like race day? Um, or do you have anything that you recommend somebody eat? Because anybody who's been exposed to any kind of um, more like, I can't even call them endurance sports because like running high school cross country is not actually endurance, it's three miles. But um, I remember like as a swimmer in high school running cross country, we would have these big pasta parties the night before. Is that necessary? Um, it really depends on, you know, the client and how long you anticipate them being out there on the race. You know, my client was, we were out there almost three hours for, for the sprint. So I did have her carb load a little bit. Um, but I mean, you know, the, the mileage really isn't there. That's necessary to have a huge pasta party, right? <laughs> but um, she's not used to eating too many carbs. She does eat more fat. She's more on the fat adapted uh, route. So I did have her eat um, some sweet potatoes and some quinoa and add that into her diet and it worked really well for her the next day. Yeah, that's great. And and I like how you said that you recommended the quinoa versus pasta. Yeah. <laughs> More nutrients there. Right, yeah. <laughs> so what about after racing? Um, just a little bit on the nutrition there. Like, what do you, what do you recommend somebody do to take care of themselves? 
um, a nice a warm bath. <laughs> mm, that's good. But nutrition, definitely you want to be intaking protein and branch chain amino acids, which you can get from foods or you can get from supplements. Um, and then also some carbohydrates. People don't realize that um, carbohydrates are important after a workout. Um, but they can be, if, especially if you're not trying to lose weight. Uh, if you have it right after your workout or you know even training day, it replenishes those glycogen stores. So you'll have the energy for tomorrow and your next training session. So then do you ever recommend to your clients that they eat differently on training days versus non-training days? Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. If I know they're going to be working out the next day, like a hard strength training workout, I'll have them eat more carbs the day before. Um, and it, it, it depends on their lifestyle. So I might have like a simpler, you know, diet plan for some than others. But if if you do want to get specific, I'd say, yeah, have some carbs right after your workout, have some protein and have it be liquid because that's the fastest way it gets into the bloodstream and into your muscles. After the race is critical for nutrition. It's critical for rest. About how long should somebody recover before they go back into training? Because I know some people want to jump right back into it. Some people really take a nice week off. What do you recommend there? Uh, yeah, it, it kind of depends on how hard they're training for the race. So a lot of my elite athletes, I'll have them take a week off because, you know, they're training really hard and it was just an intense race and they kind of need that to decompress. And then um, others, I might say, you know, do a yoga class, you know, stay moving, do a light cardio, uh, 30 minute walk, you know, to just to keep that blood flowing. Um, but I think it just really depends on the person. Yeah, but I, I like that you said that you suggest some kind of more restorative, but keep moving um, kind of activities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to stay moving, right? Objects in motion like to stay in motion. Like to stay in motion. But I also do hear some people, you know, they'll get finished with a race and then they'll go back to the gym like, oh, Monday, Tuesday, something like that. And they're like, man, like my workouts just suck lately. But <laughs> that sounds to me like maybe they jumped back into it a little bit too soon. Right. Yep. Yep. It's true. I have a friend that does that. And uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about the difference between somebody who is racing, who is just getting started, they're racing in open, and then somebody who's racing elite. Because I know that sometimes when people get into the sport, they think, okay, I just got into it. I'm trying to learn as much as I can. And eventually my goal is to race elite. Um, can you give the listeners a little bit, like paint a little bit of a picture of about how much more is required for elite versus racing in the open? And I know that's a broad, broad uh, question, but I think if somebody had an idea of the dedication that they were going to have to put in, um, that it would give them a better idea of like, hey, is this something I want to pursue? How do I pursue it? What's it going to be required of me? Right. That is a great question that I feel like isn't talked about too much. Um, I've, I'll tell you my personal story. I did my first Spartan race January of 2014. And, you know, I'm a trainer. I can do a lot of pull-ups. I'm pretty fit. Um, but I still didn't start racing elite until the end of 
the latter of 2015, so almost two years before I wanted to take that leap. And, um, it, you know, maybe sooner or, or longer for other people. But, I mean, you want to be able to do lots of pull-ups. You want to be able to pretty much have a burpee-free race. And you want to have a really good uh, cardiovascular system um, because you're not going to get help on the obstacles. You don't want to be doing 120 burpees when you're elite. And you don't want to be dragging behind into the open heats either. And uh, it was I was super happy when uh, Spartan Race came out with the competitive uh, heats uh, it's kind of like a little middle range for people that, you know, didn't want to be in the open. They wanted to challenge themselves a little bit, but they knew they still had a little bit more time before racing elite. And, um, it, it, I think it's, you know, a really hard thing to be in elite, but I think that if someone has a goal, then they can absolutely go for it. Just know that it, it does take a lot of work to get to that fitness level. Yeah, it, it really, really does. And I think that, you know, a lot of times when somebody's in a sport, they compare themselves to the elites. They compare themselves to the, you know, like the people that they see at the top of the sport. And so, you know, but you have to realize like how much that person put in to get to that point. So it's a lot. And we're going to take a really quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, we're new. We could use a review click the ratings and review button and leave us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And welcome back. So when, um, when you were training, so you did do, um, an ultra beast too, right? Right. So when you did that, about how many hours a week were you training? It was a lot. It was a huge commitment. Um, I think I started training for it five to six months uh, prior um, and just slowly started building up my running and I had my long runs on Saturdays and it kind of built up to to being eight hours of, of running was my peak on Saturdays, but I would basically block out my whole Saturday. Um, and then I had two other run days, which is kind of even minimal, like most people would say. I mean, some people run five to six days a week, but that just doesn't work for me. Um, and then I had one to two strength training days because I was pretty strong, but really needed to build up my aerobic capacity. And uh, I needed to build up my mileage if I you know, was going to compete the Ultra Beast uh, safely, you know, and not injure myself from, Hey, I've never ran 30 miles before. Let's go do it. I definitely didn't want to be that person. Yeah. Let's talk about that person. So, I mean, I really jump into things, uh, that are usually over my head, but I I usually manage to come out. Okay. Um, but, (laughs) but let's talk a little bit about like the expectations of somebody, you know, if they, they did a sprint, they want to do a super. Um, can you talk a little bit about like the different courses, the different distances, like, um, you know, just to paint a picture for somebody who's trying to figure out like what they want to do, what's my next goal? Um, I, I, you know, like with any OCR race or running race or triathlon, 
like I was saying, you want to build up your aerobic capacity. And so that's with running or uh, cycling, rowing, any kind of thing that's going to get your heart rate up and, and be low impact on your body. That's the most important thing because, yes, there's obstacles and strength training is important. Um, but what are we doing the rest of the time? We're running. And um, if, if you haven't built your body up to that each week and safely, then, you know, you can roll an ankle just because your ankle's tired. It doesn't want to trail run anymore and it gets lazy and you roll your ankle or it might be your knee. Your knee was wearing out. So it's uh, really important to just have a plan to increase either your mileage or your time each week to build up for that next race. Yeah, that's a great point because we do see a lot of injuries in obstacle course racing and usually it's it's because of something like that or like what you said in the beginning of the interview, somebody's already kind of injured from an overuse injury at work or some kind of uh, imbalance and then that obstacle is kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back. So let's talk a little bit about injuries, like what you see, you just said a rolled ankle from maybe just being too tired um, from doing trail running. What else do you see and how can somebody prevent an injury? Uh, I see a lot of knee, uh, I guess there would be injuries, but overuse injuries, Um, just knees wearing down and huge ways to avoid that is uh, with foam rolling, just keeping your mobility up in your legs and also um, safely training with different uh, terrains like hills, maybe doing some hill work like either a hike or running some hills once a week can help your body slowly adapt to that without um, getting it all in the race uh, doing the hills for the first time. Yeah, that's huge. What about shoulders? Oh, shoulders. I see a lot of shoulder injuries. Yeah. Um, One big thing with that is that most people are hunched over and they don't know how to properly strengthen their back or they'll train for the race by doing burpees, which doesn't help you do any pull-ups or any kind of obstacles for the race. It just helps you fail the obstacles and do more burpees. Um, But... um, yeah, you can do any kind of heavy or pick up any kind of heavy object. And if you're picking it up with good form, you know, you can strengthen your back. But I recommend seeing a professional that will help you with form and not just watching videos. Yeah, that's really big, especially with the obstacles. And you can teach some technique online or videos or whatever. But I mean, a lot of times you really need to be seen in person to see like, what you're doing wrong so that you can do more of it right right yeah sometimes I'll I'll, I'll kind of underthink something and I'll just you know text my client a certain exercise and um, then we'll go to train I'll be like oh have you been doing this exercise and they say yes and I say show me and their forms all you know wrong and I was like okay you know I should have shown you this in the beginning and went through this with you um, because we kind of I as a trainer, I forget sometimes that, you know, trainings, it's not all common knowledge. And so getting good form is so important because yeah, you can tear your shoulder just from doing the monkey bars. If your shoulders aren't strong enough or getting over the wall and tearing your shoulder, uh, could, it could happen easily. 
Yeah, and I think another uh, message in that is if you're listening and you are not a trainer and you have questions, or even if you're a trainer, if you have questions, go ahead and ask them because, you know, as trainers, we hear questions all the time. We would much rather have you, have you ask us than to not. So there are no stupid questions. Ask away, right? That's so, so true. You don't want to play the guessing game and trainers love to give advice and we love to help people. That's why we love to train. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today, Nicole. Um, I am going to put all of your contact information in the show notes, but can you tell us where your training facility is just in case somebody happens to live around here or even better visiting and can come by? Because that would be pretty cool. I know you do stuff on Sundays. Yes, I'd love to. Yeah, we're located right in Fallbrook, California. And it's right off the 15 and 76 um, kind of intersection there where they meet up. And uh, right in the hills, it's seven acres, 40 obstacles. And um, you can find me on www.platinumpersonaltraining.us. And then um, the OCR training and Spartan SGX will we'll have a link there. And... Um, Instagram. I'm also on Instagram. It's Platinum Personal Training. And then Platinum OCR Ranch is uh, my other contact info. Uh, we love having new Spartans or um, elite Spartans. So yeah, bring it on. Yeah. And I do have to say that your obstacles, 90% of them are actually harder than what we experience in the race. So it's great training. <laughs> yes. We like to make them a little bit harder so that when you get to the race, you nail it. Yep. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Nicole. Thanks so much, Stephanie. Hey, and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. OCR Radio. Get out, get dirty, get living. <laughs>